everywhere around us, we're experiencing challenges, difficult times, difficult things, things that happen out of the blue, things that happen that you're expecting, not expecting, kind of knock you off course. Hello and welcome to the podcast on the rocks with Neil and Tom. So the podcast that hopes to help you bring life to your years and years to your life. Hello and welcome to series three, episode one. We are back. Hello. Hello. Tom's here. Hi, Hello from the beach. Beach. Drizzly day. Pretty uh, pretty grim day weather-wise, but uh, just got out of uh, for a dip temperature of the sea was about seven degrees yeah yeah did about seven minutes or so um refreshing thought of it before and was uh not particularly inviting but actually really pleasant experience yeah so um if you haven't listened to episode zero as it was which um, was just explaining what's going on we're going to try and alternate where one week it's me and tom another week we're interviewing people this time so hopefully that will happen so this week is talking about um a sort of philosophy for happy living and um how do you sort of start getting somewhere or it's like a beginner's guide i suppose to building up your own philosophy for happiness um and we'll sort of explain where it's coming from probably at the end but we'll try and start off mm-hmm. so it's a fourfold task four sort of four elements to mm-hmm. it um and the first element being well, it's just everywhere around us, we're experiencing challenges, difficult times, difficult things, things that happen out of the blue, things that happen that you're expecting, not expecting, kind of knock you off course. Stage, we'd use the word, you know, people are suffering. The suffering can sound quite extreme almost, mm. but we're talking about all sorts of suffering, the suffering of pain and the suffering of um you know your mental anguish uh the way you're reacting to things that's all this sort of day-to-day suffering as well as big traumatic suffering sort of thing so anything that is making you ill at ease um could be sort of counted as a suffering so something that you're not happy with you're not happy with this you're not happy with that Mm. so that that's the first thing the first sort of task and it is it's not a dogma we're not trying to say this is you know just believe what i'm telling you it's about you knowing, experiencing for yourself, seeing it for yourself and discovering it for yourself sort of thing. So trying to get an understanding that everyone's going through this. It's not just you. It's everyone, everyone at some point in their life, whoever they are, be they the richest man in the world, monks sat in a cave in uh, the middle of uh, central Nepal, whoever, even the happiest man you see day to day in your work life, in your private lives, that they will be going through some form of suffering. And I think that suffering, can, it's, it's a whole um, spectrum, isn't it? All the way from, you know, severe trauma through to, you know, minor things. But there's no judgment or, or anything, you know, because what you're suffering is is totally different from someone else's. Mm-hmm. And what you've experienced is perhaps makes it, makes those, those suffering even greater or less. It, that's the interesting thing. There's no hierarchy here. Mm. You know, uh, having a traumatic death in your family or loved one mm. to one person is equal in pain 
to somebody breaking their foot or falling mm. over or you know you know th th there's no hierarchy mm. it's and you can see that because you can see you cope with certain things and then other people you see go through the same experience mm. and and they just can't cope with it and all the other way around yes yeah and, and that sometimes you think well what do i what right have i got to be to be struggling or to uh to be suffering you know compared to that person who's lost that and lost that and and how can he possibly cope with that and why can't i deal with that and that and that's kind of gets sometimes gets to a, a, a slightly deeper issue which is that you may have that pain that experience experience or, no, let's just take the stubbed toe or the uh yeah. or the you know whatever it happens to be i don't know neil uh neil ends up um driving a his fin through his leg whilst we were on the side of a beach somewhere and then so obviously it's painful but then ultimately it it can lead to even deeper pain because it's not just the injury or the or the situation it's often well i see i'm never going to go there again I and mean, you know and now i'm never going to do that again obviously it's not you know and, and or why did i do that i was so stupid to do that and yeah. that becomes then almost more painful than the actual thing yes yeah um suffering of suffering so mm. it sort of compounds mm. but it, yeah but it's not to demean anyone's suffering mm. so just you know you might see somebody and you know think well how are they having a hard time so it's not really that big that the thing that's going on in their lives but you can't put any judgment on this at all you know mm. so the first thing is you know to recognize to recognize that it is all around us and it's there and it's and just an acceptance that this is here and there's nothing you can control that will stop this this arising it will mm. be there at various points in your life to certain degrees I mean, you, again, the experiential part of it is, you know, there's been times in your life where something bothered you, caused you to be a bit upset or a bit unhappy. Mm. And then other times, exactly the same situation occurred mm. and you were fine. You just brushed it off and just walked away and just like, yeah. yeah. Different circumstances, different things that were going on, your state of mind, even things like how tired you were or, or what was going on at work or what's happening in the relationship or whatever is that, the, you know those those events and those events are always there essentially you know those events are just events and um, but they can cause considerable suffering and um yeah you know so <laughs> the first thing is the first task is you you spot you be aware mm. and be aware this awareness that there is suffering so then it moves on to the understanding that there's actually there is a way to stop this mm. Okay, it's not you don't have you can you become aware, but you don't have to live through it. Okay, there is a way. A way. Well, I'm get, getting a bit too far gone. Well, I, well, I would say we're going to, first of all looking for the causes of that. What is causing? Yeah. That? Okay, there is. So you stub your toe, and there is a cause of that clearly. But stub your toe, then get really angry that you've stubbed your toe, and get really angry that you know it's made you late to such and such. You know, it's it's more um rather than just the direct cause of it well it's you know what's what's going on in it i, I don't I, I really didn't want that to happen so i'm trying to you know run away from something that's stopping me being late or i'm you know i'm i've I don't know, whatever it happens to be i've lost something so that i was craving or i've damaged the car the car's analogy is a really good one isn't it so you get you know neil's got his swanky new car and it's um you know two years old now well you know but and then you know you did and I, and I accidentally step into it with some uh dog shit or something or uh or or sand, sand accidentally probably, you accidentally probably yeah. and it's and it's not just the, it's not just the you know it's it's 
it's the car for some people, not saying for Neil necessarily, but for some people, the car is more than just an object. It's it's a status. It's a you know, and and rightly, some people are you know very proud of that, but it's not necessarily the the perceived damage of you know bringing something into the car or bumping the car. It's more a sort of damaging my ego, damaging my position, damage you know my set my importance almost. Yeah. Um, yeah, so understanding that there is a way um, to stop this suffering uh, of any type. Now, that's not to belittle some, because some, you know, and if you're really going through hard times, then sometimes the way to stop it initially is you may need to go and see a professional and uh, a doctor and uh, get help, you know, be it medicinal or therapeutic, um, you know, but but then this is a long-term process we're talking about it's not sort of a quick fix as well that's important to understand that that this whole system is an ongoing thing it's a task that you keep doing you keep at it it's not something you do once twice okay i've i've sorted that it's gone mm. and you forget about it's something that you constantly replay and replay so we've made got an awareness that there is there are things that are going to cause us upset cause us unhappiness cause us suffering Okay, there's a reason why this is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just out of the blue. Um, you know, Tom could talk to you all about what's going on in the brain and stuff from his studies, but it's not out of the blue. There, there is a reason for this, and knowing there's a reason for it, and it's that you're not going mad, you're not losing your marbles, you're not, you know, you're not. What's the word I'm looking for? You're not being silly because other people are coping with life just fine, going through the same situation. Um, it's understanding there is a, there is a reason for this, which then leads us on to the third part of it, mm-hmm. doesn't it? The third part of the task is is that the reason for this is the way there is a way out of this. Ultimately, yeah. I mean, you spoke well. Use some of the terms that um, you know we can go into a bit more later on, perhaps. But things like craving for something, craving for. Um, I don't know, wealth or whatever it is, or grasping onto something, not wanting to lose it. Often the the suffering, the challenge comes from when you cannot, you're not able to maintain those yeah. things. Attachment. Mm. You know, we, I think we've mentioned in episodes in previous mm. series about attachment. So a lot of our suffering comes from attachment, be that attachment to um, our professional status, our, mm. uh, our possessions, the car, in a previous analogy and thinking that they're permanent it's a permanent thing my car is a new car it will always be a new car and therefore i don't want a scratch i don't want sand in it i don't Mm. want tom's uh, dog poo being traipsed all around Mm. the back of it um you know this attachment will cause us suffering because we're trying to think is this impermanent our relationships we, we got this idea that everything's cast iron i'm in this relationship i want this to stay how it's always been the happy days the halcyon days when the first the relationship started but it's not and it's getting your head into that idea that that things will change everything changes mm. it's almost broken to a take that mm. that that impermanence is a, is a very powerful image message what you like and so much of suffering can come from the fact that you think everything is set in stone everything is as it is and that's how it will, will always be and it isn't and it's that when that change happens can yeah. be very very challenging so for many the, people. you get the two extremes you get a craving 
where you want you, you want things to stay as they are sort of this attachment you want your craving right i um i don't know the analogy you know we can use analogies for alcohol and stuff like that mm. the obvious cravings mm. but um you know more simplistically you just crave life to be as as it is you know mm. sort of as it's always been the way i want it to be this sort of control thing and then you've got the aversion element of it as well where you're pushing certain things away i don't want that to happen to me mm. so therefore you're building up this mental picture that if it does happen to me i will be unhappy sort of thing mm. um so craving things again even to the extent of money i will be happy i think generally if you can put the words i will be happy when you probably won't be mm. uh, i'll be happy when i win the lottery i'll be happy when i get that new car well again you'll you'll experience a fleeting sense of pleasure or joy in the sort of the initial mm. few minutes but it's not going to lead to long-term happiness and a lot of people sort of poo-poo that idea well yeah if i win 200 million on the lottery uh of course i'm going to be happy mm. i mean many many studies have shown that's true it's, up to a point but... lots of research that shows that that those events are often they were they're temporary and that the, yeah maybe they'll be bring about a happiness for a short amount of time but then that happiness soon wears out soon wanes and and you're in a challenging situation often yeah and that's not to say that you don't aspire to things. So not not saying I'll be happy when I get this new job. That's not a problem. You know, getting a new job is not the problem, but it's the baggage and the obscurations you put around this new job mm. that the reason I'm going to be happy because of this new job is X, Y, and Z. Mm. You know, it's it's sort of lot. You shouldn't be focusing on the end result. It's almost on the process. Mm. Um, and I think you know Johnny Wilkinson is a great exponent of this he won the world cup i mean he, he you know, won the world rugby world cup with a kick you know a drop goal not many players have the ability to do that in the pressure he was in but he felt hollow after it his whole life had been built up to winning the rugby world cup and now he goes around teaching rugby professionals to enjoy every moment it's not mm. about the end result yeah it's nice to win the rugby, but no don't because your life will be hollow it's like mm. And again, once you think, once you got over that particular, you know, if, if it's a challenging situation, the idea is that, oh yeah, once I got over that, then I'll be happy. Well, we know that something else is going to come up, and it's, it's not to be negative, it's not to be pessimistic. It's just that there is, as we said in the first time, there is suffering. There are there are bad things, challenging things. Well, you can call them bad. I'm, I'm, we'll come back to that in a second. Mm. But events that come up that challenge you all the time, and you think that when one's over the way, then that then it will be fine. And and if we get to that, you know that that's where it can become suffering because you think that oh now it's now it's it that's it it's fine now everything's going to be good. So are you do you find yourself still feeling falling into the trap? I mean we've been practicing this sort of system for a while now. Hundred percent. So yeah. craving what what do you think you still crave that we think will make you happy? But just when something's something's coming up, I just crave to have a bit of a, you know calm before the next thing's coming along. Just 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 calm for a moment till the next thing, and 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 that or oh, when this is done, then I will be happy. Mm. And and it's just it's not true. It's not it's not it's and it's not to be pessimistic and, and miserable about it because it is just well maybe I just lean into it and yeah. that many of these these what we. Uh, I was alluding to many of these kind of challenging situations can be the moment of most growth of most change your most positive change whether it's a challenging situation at work that makes you think oh, okay or reassess where you're going at work or relationships or whatever it happens to be those 
that those points in time that you thought well, this is just the worst thing ever and and often it is it can bring about change and positive change potentially yeah i mean yeah the, the importance of not ju non-judgmental good or bad you know is it's, it's very hard mm. is when you're going through something mm. it's very difficult to think this is you know i don't know if you've been in a car crash or when i mm. put a surfboard through my leg fin through my leg and i you know it's pretty close to my femoral artery and uh a mile from the nearest road and um it could be quite bad but mm. i'm trying to think of some positives here <laughs> but no i mean it was um it wasn't bad ultimately i'm still here i'm still you know and uh you can only look and judge an event even then if you shouldn't do it but you could after the event and a long time after the event mm. if you try and do it there and then i'm going through this now this is bad then it's wrong because you just mm. don't know what the outcome's going to become. Mm. And so many people grow through traumatic experiences. Um, so many people grow from perceived bad events at the time, losing a job. Um, and they sort of like the world's falling apart, but then that leads to a whole new... New lifestyle, yeah. new way of being, yeah. yeah. Again, it's not to demean the, mm. what happens because people do go through suffering of it and it's very difficult. Mm. Um, but that's the whole point of what we're talking about is seeing that seeing that there is a way to cope with that mm. and then the way to cope with it is to you know look at the attachment you have to certain views the cravings you have the aversions you have and you know to get we've mentioned meditation before but the, the whole process of meditation allows you to spot these mm. things as it's happening well that's what you're, you're saying i still of course experience all of these things but it's now noticing that I'm experiencing these things, which I had never done before. I just experienced the challenge, the aversion, the, the craving, the whatever it was, without sort of almost subconsciously. And when, with a bit more awareness, we'll talk perhaps next week yeah. a little bit more about um, mindfulness, that sort of you know awareness. Yeah. That actually noticing, ah, oh, yeah, that's that's what that is. For me, for me, it's cake. <laughs> so you know, my few remaining vitamins, cake like proper food cake not the cake as in the uh, comedy sketch where <laughs> was that on a <laughs> fake anyway I'll, I'll, I'll look it up but um anyway so before i had this idea that eating cake would make me happy because it was the only thing i had left i don't drink i don't smoke i don't do this i don't do that you know and uh so i like oh, i'll go and get some cake and i just go and get it and then you still go and following morning the same feelings same process or feeling a guilt because i've eaten the cake and i you know the, the amount of calories that go in cake mm. but now i can spot because of the training i've done it's like oh, i can feel that arising in me this feeling that if i go and get cake mm. everything's going to be great i'll be happier it'll make me better and i like cake but now i spot it so i can choose rationally whether i need to do it or not and it's quite nice when you do notice it that it's quite it's rather than oh there it is again rather than just going oh god there it is again in a negative way it's, oh, there mm. it is and it's quite you know it, it doesn't stop it but when you when you can give it when you can look at it from the outside then as you say you know you can choose to whether you go down that route yeah. or where you or you don't i think again we can use the word conditioned anything that's conditioned is not going to make you happy you know anything's got a condition placed on it so is it staying like this forever is the relationship being like this is having this will make me happy you know happiness ultimately and uh, rupert spira talks about this a lot is 
it's, it's there already. Everything you need to be happy, mm. you already have. You know, you don't need anything added on. You don't, you know, it, uh, gaining extra things cannot add to your ultimate happiness if you can recognize where that happiness lies and that happiness is already within us you know just getting a new ferrari will not necessarily make me any happier i'll experience like i said before joy pleasure from it but there's a difference and it's quite subtle the difference between happiness and joy and pleasure but people mistake and think they're all the same things i think and uh which is not necessarily true um so so we've been through we're recognizing um then the second task was so we've uh, noticed that there's a cause of this yep and um, we're talking about suggesting that there is definitely a way that you can work through this in a positive yeah. way and the way to work through this is you know there's there's sort of effectively eight things to mm. to try and sort of get your head around and try and live in a mm. particular way I think, and I use the word appropriate and would explain sort of at the end why mm. we're using that. But there's, there's these eight things and me and Tom had a, had to come up with a mnemonic to try and remember them, which was, well, it might be, it was yours the same as mine. I can't remember, I can't remember what you did. Uh, what was it? It's visa. I'm with a visail. All right. So visa and then Salem. So visa Elam ah, right. or something like that. So, yeah. uh, so V is appropriate view view yeah. um which is sort of what we've been talking about mm. for the whole it's encompassed the whole bit we've just spoken about yeah that there is suffering that there is a cause of suffering there's a way out of suffering that's really what we're talking, looking at there. yeah so the appropriate view of the world as it is mm. that things aren't permanent things will change yeah. that there is no black and white good and bad things mm. are there's nuance to everything and understanding that one thing you need to look back in time to see if it really mm. is good or bad, not at that moment sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's your V, then the I. Intention. So appropriate intentions in life. Yeah. Which is? Well, but I mean, you're acting in a positive way, acting in a way that is helping others. I mean, we'll talk about sort of ethical side of things again. Um, so, yeah, with the right intention, with thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. You're not trying to do things for, to get one over on somebody or to climb over the top of somebody, you know, in a, in a career sense, mm. you know, you're not backstabbing, you're not, mm. your intention, everything you do is intentional, um, with the aim of helping others or, mm -hmm. and that can sound a bit woolly sometimes, mm. but you know, you're not necessarily in it for yourself necessarily. Yeah. And uh, again, a lot of science backs mm. this up, showing that people who do things for other people mm. generally lead happier lives. It's, and again, you could say that that's selfish in itself, but, yeah. but if, you know, by helping others, it's it's helping, you're really helping yourself. Maybe so, but actually if multiple people are being, um, are feeling less anxious or less unhappy, then, yeah. then, then it's going to be positive, win-win, really. Yeah, the third one is the hardest one. And again, we're going to deal with some of these individually mm. at a later date, but um, appropriate speech. So just saying the right things, well, not the right things, appropriate things in an appropriate situation. Mm. It's one which you couldn't struggle with, like banter is mm. the prime example. Me and Tom have a lot of banter going on between us. No, we don't. <laughs> I was going to say something <laughs> then, but this is a family clean podcast um but um you know we we know each other very very well and it's safe to do that i think mm. and we 
probably overstep the mark sometimes but yeah and in that speech side of things is again you don't know what someone else is experiencing you don't know that and so sometimes you know sometimes to say something really really positive and uplifting for somebody else can be inappropriate they don't feel like they don't want to hear that necessarily yeah, yeah. so it's not about all being all goody goody it's just what it seems that again saying something that's appropriate that these overlap the you know intention the intention when you're so don't just say something for the sake of saying yeah, it the intention yeah. has to be there yeah that you know you are truly praising somebody you are truly yeah. and uh and yeah, yeah. you know and it's one i found hardest to get my head around was like i say because mm. my life growing up through rugby and the way we are in certain aspects there's a lot of bantering going on mm. and, but i have realized and i've tried to tone it down over the last few years that mm. it is quite negative a lot of the time it, even if it is funny it can be quite upsetting to a lot mm. of people so that's uh, your vis then mm. a attitude so look at again some of these are crossover um so we'll just briefly mention so uh, attitudes to particular um you know ways of being attitudes um in certain circumstances attitudes to being more positive appropriate whatever it happens to be yeah yeah, yeah. um the, the L. L. right lively uh, appropriate livelihood so that's interesting one i mean the engaged in a livelihood that really is not harming others um so the you know classic ones that people talk about well okay being a i don't know working in a slaughterhouse or uh or some or working yeah. in a game um, like gambling industry is that and, and and the idea is that you know it's, what's it going to do to you or you know do, working in that field it's not helping others necessarily it might be hurting others but what's it doing to you as well yeah but again that's not to say you know for some people they have to be there mm -hmm. at that moment in time you know they have to be mm -hmm. doing that job and you can't judge it as good or bad and we, we're not judging anyone who does mm -hmm. jobs as good or bad but um you know, eventually, again, the studies are showing, especially people working in slaughterhouses, the you know, mental toll that has on them day in, day out. Um, but again, they perhaps these people need to be there at that time to see the, what they need to see, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. And then, then eventually the, certain things will come of it. Mm -hmm. um, but trying to live the way you work, the way you, you know, in as a beneficial manner to humankind or any mm -hmm. kind, if you like, as possible uh, aligned with your values i don't know i mean that's, yeah. that's an that's an interesting one but then again who you know who did, you might see a stereotypical job that's helping others but actually it may not be quite as positive as you think yeah it may not be as quite as beneficial and, and yeah you can't be negative on somebody yeah. earning you know four million a year um just for being the boss of a big company you know they again it's, you can't judge so yeah. it's always horses for courses that's quite mm -hmm. a difficult one um mm -hmm. so V-I-S-A-L-E, appropriate effort, mm -hmm. which means, again, this crosses over a lot with several of them. Yes, yeah. But uh, it's to me, it's putting in the right effort at the right time to the right things. Mm -hmm. So, which can be tricky in, especially with jobs and things, mm. knowing where to put the effort in. But also, you know, we, we waste a lot of time in our lives doing things which don't, feed us with decent nutriments or make us a better person or a wiser but whatever way you want to say mm. we know that there are certain behaviors in all our lives that yeah you know that they're not we're not really putting the effort in the right places and again that's an individual thing it's, it's impossible for us to give specific examples mm. you know um 
we could for ourselves. But again, we'll, we'll go into detail with these mm-hmm. more. Um, so VIS A L E M mindfulness. This is a biggie. Yeah, one we need to. We'll take a good session over this one. But mindfulness can be, yeah, mindfulness can be sat down in a uh, doing meditation and um, you know and and just focusing on your breathing. Yes, but mindfulness is more than that. Mindfulness is really noticing being present being there being fully engaged in the moment and um you know it's a really powerful really important yeah. thing it's which has been i think somewhat co-opted by kind of it's become commercialized and so on but it's a really powerful way yeah. you know and, and i mean it helps through motivation uh, yeah as tom, meditation as tom said i think the problem with the modern mindfulness movement mm. is a lot of people who are are poo-pooing it now because they they see us dr- dropping the ethics of where mindfulness mm. you know at this base comes from buddhism and stuff like mm. that dropping the ethics that are there because mm. it's just but but it, but it helps so many people mm, for sure. and you, yeah we, both of us now we're still you still it's hard it's difficult it's, to be mindful it's a simple idea but it's incredibly difficult but it's really rewarding yeah and you know if you think about the way your mind's racing, you know, mm. thinking about the problems next week, thinking about this in your job or mm. ruminating on something you did last night, you'd had a few beers or whatever mm. and uh, acted a bit daft. You just, you just that moment that you're in, where you're, where you're doing all those things, you just lost. It's yeah. just there, you know, and it's, it's such a powerful way of thinking, but we need to pick 10 Again, that's going to be a whole, yeah. whole episode talking of mindfulness. And then the last one, which took me a while to get the difference is mm-hmm. appropriate concentration. Mm-hmm. But that is when you're doing something, you're doing something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Tick That Hand says, when you're eating, I am eating. <laughs> you know, it's like, and that's very difficult for me. I still have several things on the go at one one time, yeah. sort of thing. Multitasking was was an important thing for years. It was like, oh, if you can mm. multitask, therefore you're better at achieving things. Just but really, you're doing bad at all of them but just yeah 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 uh, so again the studies are showing now that multitasking is people doing tasks not as efficient you know not as well as if they mm. were concentrating mm. so concentrating on what you're doing at the moment so it overlaps with mindfulness mm. but it's it's sort of more than that mm. and it, it ties in with flow with surfing as well you know mm. if you're surfing a wave you are concentrating on the wave but you're also being mindful of where you are mm. so it sort of overlaps like that so yeah. being aware of those eight is very important and it helps with the process of identifying the suffering mm-hmm. and learning to deal with the craving and the attachment it all mm-hmm. sort of starts and you wouldn't think so necessarily like the right speech thing but it all starts feeding into it yeah once you're aware once you once you are know, let's be, say more mindful then you will notice when you're you know using appropriate speech or not you know when you are you know all of these things link together yeah and then the appropriate speech stops the suffering for you because you haven't you're not ruminating on somebody who's you've said something to somebody Mm. who's upset them which then upsets you which Mm. then causes this knock-on effect or you haven't you haven't had to bite your tongue because you've learned Mm. to say the right thing at the right time and to the right person with the right Mm. attitude and uh, with the right intention Mm. You know, and it all interlinks. It's very sort of interwoven. I'd say that these, uh, of all of the things, all the sort of philosophies or whatever we've looked at, for me, this is probably the most powerful, most significant in terms of shifting my thinking. The idea of these four um, tasks, tasks and, and this eight, whatever you call them, you know, eightfold path, yeah. right? We'll call it that. And it's, uh, you know, that, that has been 
it's, a, it's almost it's a philosophy for life almost yeah. which is really i think very powerful and there is no and there's you know ultimately no beginning and no end you you just just keep seeing it keep recirculating yeah and seeing how things collect and it's evidential you can experience it for yourself if you try speaking I use speech a lot because mm. it's, it's the one I find the hardest, but it's the one that is more beneficial, I think, very beneficial. If you just are speaking appropriately or nicely, if you want, to people, it brightens your day up. It mm. really does. And you really don't have to worry about yeah. what you're going to say to somebody and things like that. And that's there, there are challenges, though, well. I mean, I, 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 so I, I watch a film or something and there's adverts come on. And I get really, I don't know, I just, it, it, I don't, I can't just watch the advert. I'm thinking people, they're trying to, sh to show me that I'm, that I'm uh, lack of, I'm not content and I, that if I buy this thing, I'm going to be more content. And, and I just, I, I don't know, I find it very uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. But it's also, you know. Well, again, yeah. going Craving. Going back to it, the suffering and the craving, it's all around us. And that's the difficulty. Mm. As Tom says, the adverts are there. Adverts everywhere, you know, buy this, buy this, buy this. You'll be happy when you mm. get this car, when you get this new house, when you get this, win this, win mm. that. Um, so it's all around us and it's very difficult. And again, talking to, you know, you talk to people all around you and they're, I'm getting a new car. Suddenly you feel this sort of, oh, oh, mm. you know, I need a new car. And they're, they're obviously happy. You see your neighbours with a new car. Oh, they mm. must be happy. They've got a brand new car. Look at them. They're doing well. I'm attached to this status in, mm. in society. Um so yeah, where this came from, we tried not to do this one with using the language, but it is obviously a, it's the absolute key fundamental Buddhist principle, mm. which is known as the Four Noble Truths. They were the four tasks um, and the Eightfold Path, which mm. is the sort of the, the eight things we are discussing. And, uh, we tried not to bring in the, too much of the Buddhist terminology. Um, Mostly because it's kind of, you know, some people will be turned off by it and it's because it's religious or whatever or perceived to be religious. But uh, personally, I, I have a very much a sort of secular view of it. Um, and I find I do find that the, the wisdom that's come from this is, is really powerful and really, you know, I can see, as, as you say, don't 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 take our word or anyone else's word for it you just take it you know how does it work for you yeah again uh i'll put some links to books if you want to know more about it mm. from but certainly the tick hand books um the heart of the buddha's teachings mm -hmm. explain it pretty well but there, there's also the secular version done by stephen bachelor which he uses elsa for the four fold uh four, four number three four, four number two equals mm. the four fold tasks or whatever mm. but um so he uses elsa embrace life um let go of yourself. let go of craving let go of craving um see it cessation and act mm. so it's a bit it's quite it's a bit more upbeat more but it doesn't necessarily explain it i don't think as well as the mm -hmm. standard and the standard buddhist approach that tick that hand well he again he's rewritten the four but um is there is suffering there's number one there's a cause of suffering there is a cause of suffering there is a way out of suffering and the way out is, is the eightfold path. Yeah. yeah. So that's a sort of traditional one. Well, some of the challenges people have, though, particularly when you're looking at the eightfold path, the way that things have been translated is as right. So, I don't know, right view, right this, right that. So some people think, well, if I don't have that, then I have the wrong. And, yeah. and there's a judgment around it. But it's just, it is translation. Yeah. So appropriate seems to be. Um, seems yeah, better because it's appropriate. Yeah. It, what's appropriate in one situation mm. is totally different to what's appropriate yeah. in another situation. Yeah. And you know that from dealings with, with your parents, for argument's sake, the way you yeah. treat your mates is different to the way you treat yeah. your parents. And that's the thing. And, and, and that when you, when, when you are aware, when you are you know, mindful, you can see, you, you know that. And that's powerful. Yeah, indeed.
Cool. Right. So like I say, uh, we'll hopefully be back with some interviews and we're certainly going to talk more about mindfulness in the future. So thank you again. We do appreciate everyone who listens. We've had some lovely messages recently from people who have listened to the podcast. And big, big shout out to the uh, local dipping group called the uh, Surf Soul Searchers and uh, doing fabulous work along with the uh, mental health group called Dads and Lads, which are both school based. If anyone's interested in that, then yeah, find them on some links in. Facebook as well. Brilliant. Okay, thank you all. Take care. Bye. Am.